feel like I'm a part of something bigger. My favorite business show. Hands down the best B2B sales and marketing podcast. The ultimate resource for salespeople. George makes me want to conquer local. An authentic entertainer. Conquer Local with Vendasta. Here's George Leaf. It's another edition of the Conquer Local podcast. I had a lot of fun writing the content for this episode. I think you're going to love it. I, uh, I lost count at 500. 500 bloody conferences in the last seven years. The bane of my existence. And then some days, the most exciting thing that you get to do. So we'll talk about the, the pros and cons of conferences. We're going to talk about some lessons from the front lines. I'm going to tell you about how you need to train your team that you're taking to these events. It is a massive expense for an organization, and you're constantly looking at the ROI. Number one, you got to be away from your family. Number two, you're spending a bunch of money, and you're going to get a lot of questions as to whether there's value there. And then number three, it takes you away from your cadence of whatever you're doing. If it's calling on customers, if it's doing online demos, if you have an inside sales. So, you know, you have to really look at, is this worth the, uh, the negatives <laughs> being on the road? You're probably going to be drinking a little bit out with customers, things like that. Like there's just a whole bunch of things. So I'm going to do the pros and cons and I'm going to take you through some very hard earned lessons from over 500 conferences in the past seven years. Coming up next on the Conquer Local Podcast. Well, Conference 101, and I remember the first one that I ever went to, and I remember the best one that I ever went to, and I remember the last one that I went to. Now that is an interesting icebreaker that you can do when you're out for the inevitable dinner with the customers or the potential customers or with other people in your space. And this happens a lot. You go to the conference, you meet some people at the reception, and then they're all, okay, let's go for dinner. And you want to meet some people and you're sitting at the table and everybody just talks in their own little clicks. And if you don't know anybody, you are just sitting there looking at your salmon. So Here's a little game, and I got to give credit to Brendan King, our CEO. He uh, taught me this little game where you give an elevator pitch about why you're interesting. That's one thing that you can do. And you, and you just, with the group, you break the ice and you say, hey, my name's George. I'm from company X. And I was thinking what we could do to just kind of get to know each other better is just give a little bit of an overview of what makes you memorable and what you do for a living. And then you've got to have that drafted. And I remember the first time that I did it, I've got some pretty good stories from my past and I've got some really interesting things. So I'm trying to dig through what's going to be a good one that's G-rated that I can tell at the table that will be memorable. And I remember I was with a colleague of mine and my colleague goes through these things. He's got this stuff. And then at the end he goes, I've ran a marathon in Iceland. And I'm like, whoa, that's good. That's memorable. That's cool. Not a lot of people can say that. And it, it came to my mind. So I said to him afterwards, I said, you should lead with that. Like that's really good icebreaker to say that. Cause not many people can say that. So then we gotta, we gotta figure out what our icebreaker is going to be. What's the thing that we're going to say that makes us memorable so that other people at the table might want to have a conversation with us afterwards. And it's not necessarily, I sell the most amazing thing. It's, 
it's a personal connection when you're sitting at that dinner. You do want to get your brand out there, but you can get your brand out there after when you meet with the individuals. What's going to make those individuals say, I want to sit down with George afterwards and have a conversation with him. Seems like a cool guy. See, you know, so I have to really step out of my comfort zone because I'm the farthest thing from cool. So I got to think of, oh, I'm going to come up with something cool. I'm going to come up with something memorable. And then maybe somebody might want to be my friend afterwards. Like that's the goal. The goal is not to close a deal at the dinner table with 40 other people that you just met. The goal is to be memorable so other people might want to speak to you. So number two, when you're at a conference, so you fly into Washington, D.C., and you go to the conference, and you've got four customers in Washington, D.C. It would really make sense to go see those customers while you're in Washington, D.C. And it is amazing that you have to teach this to people. But I've found that you have to teach it to people. They're, they're like, I was sent there to do the conference. Well, we have four customers in that town. Go see those four customers while you're there. Spend one more day. It costs us $900 to fly you there. It costs us $1,200 to put you up in the hotel. Then you went out and bought customers some dinners, which costs us another two grand. Spend another $25 in Uber rides and go see our four customers. But uh, it's crazy. You have to teach that. Now, here's the other thing. Don't just show up. It, it's also amazing to me when I go to conferences and I'm walking down the, the conference alley and you're looking at the booths and you know that Tommy over there, he's the conference guy. And he just goes to the conferences and he really doesn't like them very much. Like he, he's not there to work the conference and to take the $20,000 you've invested in the conference and put it to work for the business. He's just there because he was told to do the conference. So there's a big difference between having a strategic plan to attack a conference and just showing up and going through the motions of, yeah, I got to be here. And yeah, oh, 4.30 is coming and that's when I get to have a beer. If you have somebody like that in your organization, probably not the right person to send to the conference. You want to send somebody to the conference that, that is like an explorer. They have that exploration DNA. They love going to new places. They love learning about new people. I think that when you go to a conference, it's a unique opportunity where you might be able to see 20 customers face to face. But you have to have a plan. You can't just be there just because you were told to show up. So let's get into what makes up that strategic plan for the conference. And that is you need to do your homework. Um, I, I always try to negotiate that we get an attendee list. And then we keep those attendee lists because people are serial conference goers. So they went to it two years ago. Pretty good chance they're going to budget for it next year. And pretty good chance they're going to budget for it the year after that. So, you know, you want to get a head start on it. And you want to get some air cover out there. And you also want to do your homework on that list of who are the people that I want to talk to? Who are the people that I need to connect with? They're in my pipeline. I've been trying to get an opportunity to speak to them. So do your homework as to who your targets are going to be, what opportunities are there, what sessions might you want to go to to learn. So this also comes back to look at the agenda. Go to LinkedIn, go to the websites, research the speaker bios. And what we all know, is that there are hours at a conference where you sit in that bloody room and you got your laptop open because they let you do that now. And all you've been doing is responding to emails because the content was garbage or the content didn't apply to you. So, you know, and then, and then you go out for dinner with some people later and they go, you should have been at Susie's thing. It was unbelievable. And you're like, oh, I didn't do my homework. I didn't read through the speaker bios. I've wanted to see Susie speak. I didn't even know she was at this event. And the bigger the conference, the more homework that you need to do. And that, you know, if you're sending three or four people, then divide and conquer. When you go out to these sessions, here's what people inside your company think. 
Just like traveling, you like drinking on the company dime and you, it's just a big party when you're on the road. So I think it's a good idea to do a retro when you get back to the organization. Say, hey, we went to this event. Here's the people we met. Here's the opportunities that we've unearthed. Here's the things that we've learned. Here's the things you people need to figure out because we found some holes in our offering. You know, it's a, it's a really good idea to share that information so that you can break through that stigmatism that, oh, I'm just on the road and I'm out there doing it because I love doing it. It's, uh, by the way, any of you who have traveled on the road know that it is not all the fun that it's cracked up to be. There's a great meme about that. What my friends think I do, what my mom thinks I do, what the CFO thinks I do, just burn money, the big pile of money from the, right, the dark night. And then what I actually do, stand in lines, eat shitty food, drink more than you should, and get yelled at by your spouse because you're never home. All right, let's move on to the next thing. I've done a lot of conferences, so I've got lots of things I want to share with you. I want you to come up with a very clear set of goals. And I think that this is important as a lesson, and I've been learning it over the last little while. I do a lot of things instinctively because I've been doing this for a long time. And if you're going to go train people to do it, and you're going to send them out, you've got to show that you have a plan. So here, here's a bit of a set of goals. And I am going back to a convention that I went to with our CEO, and we were there to explore a space in London. So, you know, not cheap to go because friggin' London, everything's expensive. Number two, we don't know anybody. So it's an exploratory event. We're going into the space to see if we can learn. So we're going to attend lots of the sessions. And then some of the things that we said was we want to meet these five people because we did the homework and we said, here's the five people that might be able to get us connected. And then we had to figure out a way to warm that up. And, you know, what I really like for warming it up, Twitter, because at a lot of events, you'll have the people and they're going to Twitter and they're posting, you know, this speaker had this good thing to say, and they'll do it with the hashtag for the event. And then when they hashtag the event, you can go in and search the hashtag on Twitter and you can see the other people that are at the event and then you can message them because they're actually on Twitter during that conference. The same thing with LinkedIn. Now you want to use the social media channels ahead of time. So find out what the conference hashtag is ahead of time and set that goal that I'm going to start to build my personal brand and corporate brand so people will want to connect with me because there may be people out there that want to talk to you because they've done some research about you. So that's the first thing is one of the goals, I want to connect and I want to, I want to learn if you're there for exploration. Now, the next goal that you might have is I want to set these meetings with these five people. And I don't mean, I hope that they walk by my booth and I get to give them a piece of swag and we can have a two minute conversation. I'm telling you right now, if you think you're going to close the enterprise whale deal at the end of your booth, it has never happened to me in seven bloody years. Ever. It is not. And even at the dinner, I've done a couple of deals there where people are like, oh yeah, we want to work with you. And then you never get the contract signed because they'd had a half a bottle of wine and they weren't even thinking straight. So what I'm saying to you is if you're going to, your goal is I want to meet these five people. You better have something other than at the end of the booth or at dinner, I'm going to have a strategic conversation and close the deal. So We'll get to my tactic on how you're going to have that conversation and get to the fact where you might be able to ask for the business in a moment. But having that clear set of goals. So what's the purpose of the conference? We're going to explore. It's new space. You've got a list of things. If the purpose of the conference is I got 20 of my customers there and I want to have strategic conversation with them, then I better have another set of goals of how I'm going to do it. We did something this last year that was fantastic. We sent Google Home boxes 
So empty Google Home boxes to the hotel room of the attendee. And you work with the conference to do that. You say, okay, here's the five people that I'd like to meet as part of my sponsorship package. I want to give them this gift, a free Google Home, and get them to deliver the box to the room because it's super creepy if you do it. And they'll put that Google Home box there with your letter in front of your prospect. And we had like a 90% retention rate on that where they came to the booth. I got to meet the person that I wanted to meet face-to-face. I give them their Google Home. They put it in the box. They take it home. They, you know, they remember that they received it from your organization. So just, you know, that's one thing if you're trying to make some connections. Next up, a booth. Booth or no booth? That is the question. So I'm torn on this. I hate standing at booths. It's boring. It's embarrassing. Um, You got to make small talk with your neighbors. Um, I got a attention span of a goldfish, which is about five seconds, by the way, studies have shown. So do we want a booth? Do we want a booth? Do we want a booth? I'm really torn on this. I think certain events, yeah, you got to have a booth. But here, here's what I know. I'm okay at a booth. Not my most effective place to be. My most effective place to be is I'm the king of the boardroom. Put me in a boardroom with a screen and a whiteboard and maybe some, you know, maybe some water, maybe some sparkling water, maybe some, you know, nice little snack, like some sugar-free almonds or something like that. And bring me some people where I can have a strategic conversation for an hour with the expectation that I'm going to show you things that are going to be valuable to you. So, but sometimes they won't let you have the breakout room if you don't get the booth in your sponsorship package. So you probably still need a booth in certain applications, but if you can get a breakout room and get 20 appointments booked, I'd rather invest the money over there because that is a strategic conversation. Some shows we've been going to them for years. We may just have a booth with a table and some swag on it and says, come see us in our VIP lounge. And our marketing team's done a great job. They will brand the VIP lounge and they'll, I got to give kudos to the folks at at Mono, Jillian Alves. She's brilliant in this. What she does is she says, well, we're in South Africa. So I'm going to go out and find some South African stuff. And I'm going to have like South African wine and South African this. And so, and then when you see her at the next event in Chicago, she's going to have some Chicago stuff. And I'm like, that's cool. Like that's something that's memorable. Now swag for the sake of swag. Like I have so much crap from conferences, like, it, you know, and buy, oh, a pens. Do you want a pen from a Hilton hotel or a conference or something like that? I collect all that stuff because I'm cheap. And I, in my office, I've never bought a pen ever, but I, I don't really remember the brand on some of that stuff. So, you know, what I like for really memorable swag is something that I was given that means something to me where somebody actually thought about me. They were like, yeah, we knew you were coming to the event. Here's something we thought had value. And I don't mind the notepads and things like that. I, I do like the idea of having some swag. Um, I, I don't know if I found anything that's really interesting. I did get a, a metal straw the other day at a conference. That was kind of cool till I used it for the first time and couldn't figure out how to wash the bloody thing. So then I just threw it out. So I don't know if that helped the environment or not. I should have recycled it because it was metal. So anyways... Swag, I don't know. I'm on the fence. There's pros and cons. I think there's a lot of money wasted on it. I'll tell you that. So just think about that. Let's go to the breakout room now. Secret sauce on a breakout room. We call it, uh, we've called it a VIP lounge. And what you're really, you really want to have a very clear agenda. And you want to set the expectation that I want you for an hour. You know, I'm, I'm a horrible golfer. Um, even when I, at one point in time in my life, I lived on a golf course. 
I was not able to do it enough to be a good golfer, but I will take a customer golfing and I'll go through the pain of me out there for four, well, usually five hours. And I'm going to spend about $42 on golf balls. Um, but I get four hours of the customer. I've got them in my cart for four hours. So that's the same thing with a breakup room. You're setting an expectation and you've got the customer there and you need to bring the value for an hour. Now, I don't have a problem with that because I do that a lot in my, in my real life when I'm not at a conference. So I'm, I'm on calls. And, but what I love about it is I've got the customer right across from me and I can see their eyes and I can start to read their body language and I start to build some relationship with that customer. And that's where I like the swag, where I can give them something that has my brand on it. So when they leave, the other thing is give them a business card. Here's another thing that I learned. Got to give a lot of credit to Mr. King. Um, he, I had this card and it was white and it had my, it was just basic, right? White, two color name, simple stuff, right? Phone number, all that sort of stuff. And I do believe in a business card. He went and got these business card. I called him the real estate business card. He's got like his picture on it and it's fancy. It's got rounded corners and all this stuff. And, it, and you know, they're beautiful. But I'm like, oh, it's a real estate agent. You got your picture on there and you got a little description about you. And then the customer started saying, oh, I love your card. I love your card. I love your card. And he's counting because he's super competitive. He's like, yeah, we talked to 20 customers. All 20 of them love my cards that you hated. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll give you credit, the card. So how, give them a card that, that is cool, that they remember. Like I like the little square ones. And I'm, I'm just going to take a picture of them. And the other thing that I like doing in the breakout room where you, and you could do this at the booth too. I almost forgot about this one on LinkedIn in the top right-hand corner. It's got that little Atlas that you can open up. So let me go into it right now on my LinkedIn. And if you have LinkedIn, I hope you're doing it right now. So go to LinkedIn and then up in the little corner in the search bar, there's that little at Atlas and it pops up and it says scan. And it also gives you your own QR code. And when you're at your booth, you can just open that thing up and say, Hey, just scan this. And now we're connected on LinkedIn. So that's pretty cool. Bunch of you are going, whoa, mind blowing. Thanks, George Lifehack. So breakout room, get your marketing team behind it. Have a message, have a clear deliverable of something that you're going to present in the breakout room. Then deploy some effort to get some appointments, lock them in. Here's another thing. Don't just assume they're going to show up. Just because you booked the appointment with the customer, like, come on, we're in sales. How many times have you been stood up on a sales call? Happens all the time. So now you've invested $30,000 in the conference. You put all this money into a breakout room. You booked all these amazing appointments with the A-listers that you want to see, but then you didn't send a follow-up email the day of to remind them that they've got this amazing meeting with this amazing person and this amazing company. And they have been solicited by everybody else that's going to that show too. So make sure that you're reaching out to that group of people the day of to remind them. Now, the easiest way to do that is inside the conference app. So in the conference app, and there's a lot of those out there right now, they've got a directory of all the people attending the conference and you can start to communicate with people right inside the conference app. Now it works. So it's kind of like uh, Sex Panther. Remember that from Anchorman? 60% of the time, it works 20% of the time. So that's the thing with the conference app and reaching out to people on the conference app. It 60% of the time, it works about 20% of the time. But it is a very intimate conversation that gets you connected. But the other thing I like better is ask them for their cell phone number, ask them for their cell phone number. And then you can text them the week of just a reminder, Brent, I'm landing on Tuesday night at the conference. 
and our breakout room, here's the address, and our meeting is booked for this time, and I will be at the opening reception. I'd love to meet you in more of a casual setting before we get to sit down face to face. And then you send another message and you say, I just wanted to provide this piece of content that we have that is applicable because I'm speaking on Thursday at 11 o'clock and here's some of the things I'm going to talk about. So it's not, I want to meet you and I want to have a meeting with you. So it's not like you're stalking them. You have to give them some value in that next reach out. And then the day of the event, 8 a.m. or whatever time the breakfast is, send a message. Just a reminder, 11 o'clock, is that still working for you? And uh, I'm really looking forward to meeting with you. And here's a bit of an agenda. So you're showing them that there's value again, because listen, they've saw 40 other people that are trying to get some of their time. And then an hour before you send another text. And then if they don't show up, here's a really important piece, seven minute window. So I like to give, and I do this even when people have booked an appointment with me online, or I, sorry, I've booked an appointment with them online. I give them seven minutes. And at about five minutes, I message them again by text or email or smoke signal or carrier pigeon or whatever we're using. And I say, just a reminder, I'm at the meeting that we booked two weeks ago and I'm ready to, to meet up with you. Are you running a little bit late? And you give them the ability to come back and say, oh, I forgot, or I saw this great speaker or something like that. But at that seven minute mark, you hang up and you rebook the appointment. So you reach out and you say, I had to go on to something else because what I don't want is the prospect or the client to think all you're doing is sitting there waiting for him to show up. I've got other stuff to do. My time is valuable as well. And you set that stage that my time is valuable. And now you've got a list of people that you just on the drop of a hat, you're going to invite them to the breakout room. Because you got 45 minutes available where you could get them in that room. You can give them some of your Canadian maple syrup and you can get them and have a conversation. So I always like to have this group down here where if somebody ditches on us, let's go get this person so we can make the most valuable use of the time. The next piece in the breakout room, oh, I'm spending a lot of time on breakout rooms, but I really believe it's a secret sauce. And uh, we've learned this over the years. We invest tons of money in this convention. And for just a couple of hundred dollars more, we could have had this boardroom. We could have got people and locked them in for an hour and had these conversations. So it's you and three other people at the meeting. Do you really need those three other people there? Can you not give the demo yourself? Now, I don't mind a show of force if you want to have your CEO there or if you need finance there, have the CFO there. But if we're able to book four meetings at that conference and get four people that we can have presentations at 11 a.m., why wouldn't we do that? So that leads me into my next piece where if you send a group of people to the convention, you should set the expectation that we're not going to go for breakfast together. We're not going to go for dinner together. We're not going to go for lunch together. We might do a wrap up at the end of the day. We might do an opener at the beginning of the day. But when we go out to something together, it's a waste of time because we could have went to three different events and influenced. If we're influencing 20 at that dinner, now we influence 60. So it's a really important piece where you have the breakout room, but that doesn't mean that you can't do a presentation in the lobby. I've done plenty of those. Doesn't mean you can't go to the end of the bar and do the presentation right there with the customer. Take your laptop, go do the presentation. So what we're hoping to do is if we've got four people at the convention, we've got a booth, we've got a breakout room, we've got simultaneous meetings going on in both those places and anywhere else that we have to, so that we can make the most impact on the most people that we want to meet. And that goes back to having a plan. And I think that your CFO and your CEO of your organization are going to want to say, I gave you 40 grand, George. 
what what's the ROI? How many people we talk to? Like, I want to interrogate that stuff. I again, you are taking, you're putting yourself on the road. You're probably eating not as good a food as you could. You're drinking more than you should if you're if you're a drinker. You're having to be at work from seven in the morning to eleven at night, or God forbid, two in the morning. Um, you know, it, it's a long slog to be out there at that convention, and you have to deliver some sort of ROI. So having that plan with some clearly defined goals, and then whether you reach the, you know, you've got some accountability around. It's a really important piece. The other reason I want to get the attendee list. That's where your warm intros come from. So you go through the attendee list and you go through and you see, oh, Tom, my buddy's here from one of my biggest customers. And you reach out to Tom and say, hey, I want to book you in for dinner on Tuesday night. Let's get together and talk some more about how things are going. And then say, who are five people you could introduce me to at this event? And Tom then becomes a referral source. So by looking at the attendee list, you could say, oh, I know these three people over here. Get them to introduce you to new people. Now, keep in mind, most people are going to conferences to network, to learn, to study, to get referrals, to find the next big thing. That, that's why they're going. So it's okay to say, I'd like to meet with you and learn more about your business. I don't know if you want to say, hey, I'd like to meet with you and sell you a bunch of stuff. Like it's not 1972. So reach out and, and, and set the expectation that I want to learn about your business and see if there might be a fit. I, I don't like that I'm not going to sell you something. Because if there's a fit, I'm going to try and sell you something. If there's a way for me to fit your need, but I, I just set it up as I'd like to meet with you. I've always been interested in your company. I admire how you did X because you did a little bit of research on them. And then you say, Here, here's where I'm going to be. Give them some options that fit their schedule and see if they want to connect with you. Now, the other thing, don't forget about this, but I see people forgetting about this. Producer Colleen, this is her pet peeve. We fly five people to New York. We spend an ungodly sum of money to sponsor this conference and not once do those five people take a picture of themselves at the event, hashtagging it and saying that they're at the event and that they're connecting our brand to the conference. Not once did they think about doing that. And we're in the marketing business for God's sakes. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think that you should just expect that that's going to happen. Always try to get a speaking opportunity and always try to get one that doesn't cost you money. So the first thing that you should do is have a stable of speakers that have some, you know, that, that have some credibility in the space where you could send it and say, here's this speaker, here's a couple of events that they've done in their speaker reel, here's some comments that people have had about how great they are and the content they bring, and we would like to get a spot on your panels. The first thing that conferences are looking for are speakers that they don't have to pay, that bring an enormous amount of value. And by bringing value, no sales pitches. Nothing is worse than somebody that is doing a speech where they were supposed to bring value and then they share the speaking deck and it's 20 minutes all about their stuff. Now, those are paid product demos. They're not an event where you're up there and you're sharing some of the things that you've learned and some value. And, uh, you know, I'm fine with the sales pitch, but I'd like that called out in the agenda. So sit down and for an hour, we're going to do a parade of people who are just going to try and sell you stuff. They're going to go through feature, benefit, case study, all this sort of stuff. Okay, fine. I signed up for this. I looked at the agenda. I know what I'm getting. But here, I don't, here's what I don't like. Keynote speech. Colleen McGrath. Done all these great things. 
And then that speaker gets up there and tells me all the reasons why I should buy their stuff. Now, I don't want that. I want to know things that you've learned and I want, I want real good subject matter. So the, the way to get the speaking opportunity is to have a stable of speakers that you can present to the organization and say, here's the reasons why you should select one of our speakers. And then the second piece is, if you do get a speaking opportunity, don't do a demo. Do some things that talk. It's not like you can't talk about where you're from and what company you are and just a high level of why people should listen to you, but you should get into the meat and potatoes of, of the things that you've learned. It's all about those learnings and those deliverables and those key messages and being a subject matter expert. Uh, be memorable. The other thing that I always like to do is I'd love to know who's going to be in the audience. And I always like to connect with somebody in the audience. So th that really brings it home. So you're standing on stage, you're doing a presentation, and there's somebody sitting in the front row that you know really well. Maybe you had them as a guest on your podcast. Maybe you were just talking to them two weeks about some of their challenges. And you say, and I don't mean something that they would get mad if you divulge it pro uh, publicly, but I'm saying, hey, John is right here in the front row and I have the privilege of working with John every day. And we were just talking about this problem that you just brought up. So it's another way to connect while you're standing in front of that group of people. Seed a question in the audience. This is sneaky. I love doing it. So you go to one of your friends that, that is in the audience and you know that they, they have no fear and they're a good speaker. And you say, hey, at the end of my presentation, would you ask me this question? So that now I can go and dig deeper because you asked me something that relates back to my content. And it looks like there was a lot of value there. The other thing, if you get a speaking opportunity, practice presenting your content without any graphics. So I'm really getting to this point and, and it's taken a long time. So one of the things I used to do with our teams when we were preparing for events is, and we, and we were practicing the speaking opportunity is I would turn the projector off and say, okay, give me the pitch without any slides. And if you can deliver that message without the roadmap that slides usually are, like I think a lot of people really rely on the graphics. So then earlier this year, I was in Vegas at the IFA and I got a chance to see Gary Vaynerchuk speak. And I, I've been watching him online for a number of years. I really um, admire how he's been able to build his brand. He's done a number of pivots. If you have been following him for years, he's done a few pivots. Stood up on stage for two hours in front of 4,000 people, didn't use one slide. Told compelling stories without any visuals. And I was like, I've got to up my game. I've really got to get it together. Like that's where I want to go. I want to have those vignettes just so nailed down in my head that for two hours, I could just completely captivate an audience. And then they could ask me any question they want at the end. And I can deliver my message as a subject. Like it was really inspiring for me to see that. That's a, a bit on speaking opportunities and how they can help you. I want to talk now for a couple minutes about training your team. I've learned this the hard way. I think you need to set your people up for success. So you bring them to an event and, and you need to spend a lot of time. Spend a bunch of time picking the people that you're going to bring and then spend some time teaching them what your expectations are. Don't just think that they know how to go to a conference and do what you do after you've been to 500 of them. Like that just, it blows me away that people do that. Like, oh, that's Tom. It's his first time at a conference. I'm like, that's not Tom. That's you. Why didn't you teach Tom? Why didn't you work with Tom? Why didn't you say things like, probably not the right time to have 22 wine. Probably not the right time to sleep in. And if we go out, we want to make sure that we are meeting with, you know, five different. So one of the things I love doing is I like to gamify it. 
I like to take competitive people with me and I like to practice elevator pitches ahead of time. You're with them. Okay, give me your elevator pitch. How are you going to present our company at this thing? And they're like, oh, I didn't even think about doing that. Okay, so good thing we're starting this two weeks before. So you can come up with a really good elevator pitch. And then you want to say, okay, here's what we're going to do tonight. I got 20 bucks for the person out of our group that can get the most business cards in the next two hours. So you go that way, you go that way, you go that way. I'm going this way and we're going to meet back here. So I'm competing with you and we're going to go out there and, and you come back with this stack of business cards and you've had to talk to people and you've got to connect with them on LinkedIn. Really cool game to play. And it sets the expectation that that's why we're at this event is to connect with people and meet them. And then I'm going to go back to it. I mentioned it earlier. Please don't go to dinner, lunch, breakfast together. It's just, it's such a waste of time. You want to do that, do that back at home. The one time that I may bring a colleague is when I'm using it as a teaching moment. So we have a chance to see a speaker at a breakfast. And I know that the content's going to really relate to this person that I've just brought into the space. And I want them to understand that's subject matter expert. All right, great. Then we will go to that breakfast together. I've also have had this experience where you hire somebody new. And you don't know how it's going to go because you haven't really had a chance to spend a lot of time with them. So I'll do, you know, one evening when you're out, you take a client that you know really well and you watch, watch them, see how they act, see if they make eye contact, see if they're super polite, see if they're memorable, see if you're like, oh, I'd like to carry on a conversation with that person. They busted some stuff out that was pretty cool, like that made me be memorable. So training your team, super important piece. Make sure that it ties back to those goals that you have probably could go on for a long time about conferences. It's one of the biggest spends that you have inside your organization. We do them for a number of reasons. We do them for lead gen. We do them to show that we're subject matter experts in front of people involved in our industry. We do them to learn and to figure out where the space is going. We do them to connect specifically with customers. We go to conferences to train our team on the spaces that we're in. So there are really important bane of our existence. And at the same time, they can be utterly amazing if you do them right. We hope that this podcast has been that, and we're going to share some resources with you on the playbook of how to nail attending a conference every single time from the folks here at the Conquer Local podcast. My name is George Leith. I'll see you when I see you. You've been listening to the Conquer Local podcast with your host, George Leith. Executive producers are Brendan King, Jeff Tomlin, and Danny Mario. Audio engineering, Sound Lounge by T-Bone. Marketing by Rory Lawford. Produced by Colleen McGrath.